Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The, the, the games are over, but the game never stops. Never stops. This is College Football Overtime with Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. Absolutely. I have to start with our back-to-back defending national champions, the University of Georgia. They go up to good old Rocky Top, where they the volunteers tried to pull out as many stops as possible. They tried to pull the magic card with Dolly Parton. I mean... You bring Dolly Parton there and, and have her sing Rocky Top, that was going to give you at least a little bit of magic, and it did for one play, 75-yard touchdown. Uh, after that, it was pretty much all dogs. They go on a 38-3 run to the end of the game. Neither team scores in the fourth quarter, but it doesn't really matter. Georgia dominates this game. I know I want to talk to you specifically about something you tweeted at Abe Gordon. Go give him a follow on Twitter. Carson Beck is QB3 in this class, and he threw for three touchdowns on the day up there, good old Rocky Top. Brock Bowers had six catches in this game. The Dogs' defense stole the show. They dominated Tennessee largely throughout the entire course of the game. Uh, Milton tried to throw the ball down the field, and he just missed a few times. I I think that if he had connected on one or two of those plays, uh, then this could have been a different football game. But ultimately, that Georgia secondary has flexed its muscle continuously time and time again. They got after Joe Milton. They stuffed the rushing attack largely outside of that first one, that first carry that went for 75 yards. The offense clicked on all cylinders. They had too many weapons. That offensive line is killer. Brock Bowers, Oscar Delp, Lad McConkey. I mean, that's before we get into the actual other wide receivers like Ra Ra Thomas and everybody. Else. I mean, this this group looks like the true national championship favorite, and they've proved it with their third ranked victory in a in a row, and they're they're really definitive ranked victory in a row hey what did you see in this one yeah I was probably the last one to come around if we're being honest on this Georgia team I I was very patient in in my hesitancy to put them as the best team in the country because they hadn't looked the way they've looked but three weeks in a row as you mentioned three ranked opponents Mm -hmm. two at home one on the road um I, I don't have any qualms or doubts about saying it at this point they are the best team in the country now they do it differently than they've done it the past couple of years leaned heavily on defense. Now they still got a pretty good defense now, but this is certainly a team that's led by, in my opinion now, 
um, the country's best offense. May not be the most explosive. I don't care if they're the most high scoring. I think they're the best offense. If you told me I needed one drive, 85 yards, and someone's got to go score, I would take Georgia's offense over anyone else's in the country. They, they have this great combination of explosiveness and efficiency. Uh, and, and that has allowed them, in my opinion, to be the best offense in the country. Um, Carson Beck is, is, I mean, the way he's developed over the course of the year, the questions we had leading in from the season, how's this guy going to fare replacing Stetson Bennett to where we are now? Well, this guy may be the best passer in the country. Uh, and statistically, I understand other guys have more yards. Other guys maybe have a better completion mm -hmm. percentage. But the whole package uh, with Carson Beck, it, it really is there. The offensive line makes it easy for him because he is very well protected, and that obviously benefits the run game as well. But but look, this is a situation where if we're going to nitpick, like maybe don't give up another touchdown on the opening drive of the game. That's certainly okay, something gotcha. that – Yeah, well, well, in this situation, it wasn't literally the first yeah. offensive play, but I think they'd give up a touchdown on an opening drive, like six straight games, five straight games. So, mm -hmm. you know, that's something to focus on. I know we asked that question throughout the week. You know, what can you do to start faster defensively? I, I mean, we started pretty fast defensively after that. I mean, it was a complete shutdown mode. So, look, this is the best team in the country. It's going to be very tough to defeat them. And the one thing you mentioned about Joe Milton hitting – uh, a couple of deep threats, and and I kind of want to flip a little bit. The thing about this defense, and specifically the secondary, which is loaded with talent, you may beat them on a certain route or in certain coverages, but they don't lose guys in coverage. There aren't guys running wide open. Again, you may beat them with a double move, something like that, but they don't lose guys. That's what you see Texas take advantage of. Alabama take advantage of it's going to be so difficult for these teams that are big play deep ball offenses to hit against Georgia because they don't lose guys they might get beat you might have a window but there aren't guys running wide open like what we saw on the Dylan Bell touchdown pass where a guy's just completely lost in coverage and he's just there's no one within 10 yards of him Georgia's secondary doesn't do that that's why I think they are so difficult to hit big plays on outside of obviously the 75 yard run yesterday yeah, I mean, this is just – I think your, your comment saying that they might be the best offense in the country, actually, the more you explained it, the more sense it kind of made. Yeah. Because I think the, 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 the casual observer, and this is not necessarily a wrong answer, you could say Washington, you can say LSU, and those are fine answers. I think the, both sure. of those would be fantastic. But the thing is, those teams can't beat you on the ground in the same way that Georgia can. Well, I guess Washington can, of course, but Michael Penix also – they're more reliant on like a handful of players. I think that's really what I was trying to, to allude to. Gene Daniels is, is, of course, the cog in the machine. He makes everything go for LSU. Um, Michael Penix is that way for, for Washington. I, I don't necessarily see any one player that is the definitive reason that George is really, really good. And before like the first half of the season, you probably could have said it's Brock Bowers. And that's a fine answer, and I think it's a perfectly fair thing to say. Uh, after he goes down for, for three weeks or, or four weeks where he doesn't play at all and the offense doesn't miss a beat. And I mean, like almost, I don't want to say it even got better, but it might, it statistically it did look better because you return Lad McConkey and there's just, because you can go to so many different directions, this offense can't be beat in any one way because if you want to take away the pass, they'll run the ball. I mean, and they can do that at a high level. They are 
I think at the beginning of the season, the conversation that I always have is when, when I'm trying to pick teams and pick teams that are actual contenders, I ask the question, what are you elite at? Because you have to be elite at something. This Georgia team is damn near elite at everything. And I don't think that there are any, there's any other team in the country that can really say that. I mean, Michigan, perhaps you could say that, but the two biggest, the two best teams they've played so far this year, J.J. McCarthy has kind of drifted off and he hasn't looked nearly as effective. Um, and I know we're going to get into some more Michigan conversation here later in the show, so I'll save some of that discussion for when we talk about Michigan. But some of the some of what we saw from them, their dominance looked a little less dominant once the competition started upping. And maybe that's just where we are in the season. Maybe that was part of the game plan. I don't know. But Georgia just continues to elevate their game. And- I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. They always seem to find the extra gear that most teams just don't have. And... I think that's really what set them apart this season. We saw that against Tennessee in a big way. It's also just a situation where you do think they're going to run into some tough competition for one reason or another. And it's not that these teams are bad, but they just can't match up. And so, like, you see what they do to Missouri, and that was a competitive game, sure. And they they obviously blow out Ole Miss. They they put an end to, you know, the offense, what's going on there. But it was a different story. On Saturday, you are going on the road. You are going into a hostile environment. Uh, there are situations yeah. you hadn't really dealt with against another ranked team this season, and it just didn't matter. Like it, 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 you're down seven nothing, you get boat raced on the first play. Like none of it matters. Like like they just they just wiped the sw- the slate from that first play. They they showed up to play on offense. They went right down. Uh, you get some points on the board. You're off and running. You get a stop. You get a, a, a you know you use the ball right before half ball after, a, and the game's over. And it's just mm-hmm. like I, I don't know what you do to to challenge these guys because they are so good on the offensive end. You just just it, you feel like at any given time they're they're going to put together a drive. Like they, they doesn't feel like there's much you can do to stop them and what they do on offense. And then on defense. They'll give up some points here and there. Like, we've seen it throughout the season a little bit. But, like, you're not scoring 30 on this team. Uh, and so it just – you've been asking for a month and a half now. Like, what's the path to victory against this Georgia team? Yeah. No one's had an answer. Tennessee didn't have an answer. I don't have an answer. Um, it, 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 it's going to be – Really interesting to see, you know, going into the SEC title game. Obviously, Alabama feels like a threat. I like the way their offense is playing. But, like, what if we watch the same thing? Like, what if we watch Alabama go down opening drive score and then nothing? And and it's not that inconceivable to think that Georgia could shut down the Alabama offense. I mean, what if we do that to to in the playoffs against, uh, let's just say, Michigan? Like, J.J. McCarthy threw eight passes uh, against Penn State, and they won the game. Like, they barely beat Maryland a week. I mean, like, it's just I, – I don't know who's beating this team right now. That That's what's yeah. the most interesting thing is I, I thought they'd be in the discussion at some point in the year. I didn't think I'd be, like, 
very clearly team to beat mode for Georgia at any point this season. I didn't know if they would get there. In my opinion, though, they are there. Yeah, I mean, they can do a little bit of everything, and they can do a little bit of everything really, really well. Um, Alabama, and I, and I know we're going to get into that discussion here coming up in the next week or so. Uh, once we now that we have a definitive decision as to who's playing who, uh, that's going to be a fascinating matchup because Alabama does a lot of things well. I mean, hell, they're Alabama. You know, like they are they are the standard bearer. Uh, of college football and have been for the last two decades or so. But it feels like that game, the SEC championship in particular, could be a sort of changing of the guards, if uh, if you will, uh, because if they can get past Alabama for a second time, and if they can do so in convincing fashion, I know we, I know we saw them win the national title game against Alabama. That felt like the moment where they got the monkey off their back and like, Hey, we're, we've arrived on the national stage, but if they can beat Alabama in that title game and they can do it convincingly, I think the rest of the college football world will be forced to admit that this is Georgia's just, they are the top of the mountain. I know that they're back-to-back national title winners, uh, but at the same time, it does feel like they have, Alabama's had their number largely throughout this Kirby Smart era. So that's something that I really want to see in that SEC title game. And I think it's going to be a very interesting thing to watch, but Abe, I do quickly want to move on. Do, do you have any other thoughts there? Or do well, I, I was it's just one last thing on Georgia. I've always said sure. when people ask me, is Georgia building a dynasty? You're not a dynasty until you win a national championship with a second quarterback. Because winning it two That's in a fair. row with Spetson is, is one thing. We've seen a lot of programs mm-hmm. do that. But when you bring in that second quarterback to get it done, uh, I think you enter a different realm. So I, th- that's all I'd mm-hmm. say to that in, in regards to Georgia and the dynasty. Yeah, I mean, 50% of your roster that won the first one, at least 50% is not here from the first one. Yeah, uh, They would be the first – they would be well on their way to being the first three-peat national champion since Minnesota did it in the first – in the 1930s. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the list of, of accolades and accomplishments that Georgia has on its resume is unprecedented in this day and age of college football, at any age of college football, really. And that's a testament to just what Kirby Smart has done and the sleeping giant that he awoke in Athens, Georgia.